Welcome to Radar Contact, the audio show that teaches pilots how to speak professionally and with confidence to air traffic control. And now, here's your host, airline pilot, author, and host of ATCCommunication.com, Jeff Canarish. Last week, a listener wrote an email to tell me about a general aviation aircraft that landed on a dirt road near an airport instead of at the airport. He said this reminded him of other incidents in which airplanes ended up landing at the wrong airport. And he asked me what happens to cause pilots to land at the wrong airport. I said, that sounded like a good topic for a radar contact show. So on Friday, I posted on my Twitter feed that I would be developing the next radar contact show with the topic, Pro Tips on How to Land at the Wrong Airport. Two days later, this past Sunday, January 12, 2014, Southwest Airlines Flight 4013 departed Chicago's Midway Airport. The flight had an intended destination of Branson, Missouri. At approximately 6.11 p.m. on a partly cloudy Sunday evening, Southwest Flight 4013 accidentally landed at the wrong airport. The flight touched down at Taney County Airport, also known as the Clark Downtown Airport near Branson, Missouri. Taney County is an uncontrolled airport about seven miles northwest of the Branson Airport. Now the big deal here is the only runway at Taney County is only 3,738 feet long. The pilots managed to bring their Boeing 737-700 to a stop on the runway only 40 feet from the end of the runway. Just as an aside, if Southwest decides to strip down the aircraft to its lowest operating weight, meaning pull out all of the passenger seats and all of the cabin furnishings and loads just enough fuel to fly over to Branson for a fuel top-off, the charts published by Boeing shows that the 737-700 will require between 3,600 and 3,700 feet of runway to take off on a standard 15 degrees Celsius day at 1,000 feet above sea level, which is about where this Taney County Airport lies. But, as I said, the runway at Taney County is only 3,738 feet long. Even if Southwest tries to get the airplane off the ground in the middle of the night, when the local temperature should drop to minus 3 degrees Celsius, they are still going to have a hard time getting that airplane out of there safely off such a short runway. But I'm not here to discuss the intricacies of landing or taking off in a Boeing 737 on a short runway. I mean, I've never done that myself. I've never flown the 73. What I want to do today is to give you tips on how to land at the wrong airport or on the wrong runway at the right airport. That's right. I want to teach you how to land at the wrong airport so you can highlight yourself in the newspaper and in the eyes of the FAA. More importantly... I want to discuss how ATC can help you land at the wrong airport or on the wrong runway. I did a search in NASA's Aviation Safety and Reporting System, or ASRS, database using the search keywords wrong airport. The system immediately returned 30 incidents over the last 15 years of pilots either landing at or attempting to land at the wrong airport. And keep in mind, this system only shows reports that were self-reported by the pilots or air traffic controllers. It doesn't show all the other incidents that were not reported. You can do a search yourself uh, in the ASRS system and read the reports, and I've included a link to that website in the show notes for this show. 
To perform a search, go to the ASRS homepage using the link in the show notes. Click the Start Search button, and then on the search page at the bottom center, click the line that says, Text contains the following words. Type wrong airport, being sure to place that phrase in quotation marks, then hit the run search button in the lower right corner of the page and the website will give you a list of narratives written by pilots and air traffic controllers about incidents in which pilots landed or attempted to land at the wrong airport. Again, I'll leave all the instructions and the link how to do this in the show notes. And if you happen to be listening to this edition of Radar Contact in iTunes, go to my website, atccommunication.com. This edition of Radar Contact and the show notes with all the relevant information and the link to the ASRS website will be right on the homepage. The ASRS website did not include reports for the latest two incidents because it takes time for the government to receive and process the reports. You will probably see them online in the next six months. That's right. I said latest two incidents. You already know about the Southwest incident I just described, but a few weeks prior to this, Atlas Air, a cargo company, landed a Boeing 747 Dreamlifter at Jabara Airport in Wichita, Kansas, instead of its intended destination of McConnell Air Force Base. I cannot speak to the latest two incidents because I don't have the details on what happened other than what was reported by the media, and that's usually unreliable information. But look through the 30 reports currently online in the ASRS database, and you'll see a recurring theme. First, pilots who landed at the wrong airport had a choice between two airports where runways at both airports were oriented along nearly the same heading, and second, And second, pilots who landed at the wrong airport were almost always distracted in the moments leading up to the point where they committed to a landing. Here's an ASRS report in which runways at two different airports were exactly aligned with each other. Also note all the distractions the pilot faced prior to landing at the wrong airport. Now I'm going to read directly from the report. I recently upgraded to a twin-engine aircraft with newly installed Aspen glass panel avionics and an autopilot I am not completely familiar with. I decided to fly VFR to an area that I have flown almost exclusively IFR in my past aircraft because I was still becoming acquainted with the new equipment and didn't feel comfortable flying on instruments. The route of flight usually requires a deviation around a restricted area over a military base that is less than four miles from the civilian airport destination. Both airport runways lie directly in line with each other and look very similar to one another. I was unexpectedly given vectors across the restricted area and told to fly a straight-in approach to runway 17. I located what I believed to be the runway in question and began a descent to the runway. Approximately three miles from the runway, I was passed to the civilian control tower frequency and was cleared to land runway 17. Upon touching down on the runway, I was informed I had landed at the wrong airport. Clearly, I had the cockpit resources, GPS, etc., to properly identify the correct airport. However, the unexpected vectors through a small corridor that was surrounded by live-fire artillery exercises interfered with my thought processes, and somehow destroyed my situational awareness. 
Looking back, it was probably ill-advised to set out on a cross-country trip without becoming 100% comfortable with the airplane and its new avionics. Trying to stay ahead of the airplane and fly through an unfamiliar area proved to be too much at the time. And that's the end of the first report. Here's another example that mirrors the first. Two airports near each other, runways at both airports closely aligned, and information presented to the pilot at the last moment that added to his disorientation. Again, I'm reading directly from the report. We were being radar vectored for ILS to runway 15, right seat passenger, former pilot, observed airport at 10 o'clock, and suggested we request visual approach, airport in sight. Orientation of runway and location consistent with ILS vector, so I requested the visual. Controller said it would take a minute to arrange and then cleared me for the visual. I had to forward slip the airplane down to pattern altitude, but turn base and final normally. On short final, right seat passenger said airport didn't look right. At the same time, I saw we were landing on runway 12 instead of 15. I initiated an immediate go-around. Tower called and wanted to know where we were. I told her we tried to land at the wrong airport, and she handed me back to approach, which cleared us again for a visual, and we landed normally at the correct airport. That's the end of the second report. Now, clearly, in both of these examples, each pilot had information in front of him that led him to believe he was in the right place when he landed. In the example where the pilot abandoned the ILS approach and requested a visual approach, the bad information came from a passenger. In the first example, in which the pilot landed on runway 17 at the wrong airport after receiving clearance to land on runway 17 at the correct airport, the direction of approach and distance from the runway led the pilot to believe he was landing on the correct runway. Was there a distraction in both cases? Yes, of course there was. One pilot was distracted by having to deal with an unfamiliar instrument layout in his cockpit, plus navigation between active military live fire areas. In the other example, the pilot was distracted by a passenger who was too smart for his own good. But here is what bothers me most about both of these incidents. Did you catch it? Both pilots were working with ATC at the time they lined up for the wrong runway. You might ask yourself, why didn't ATC come to either pilot's rescue and alert them they were about to land at the wrong airport? Well, in the first case, a military approach controller did a good job of vectoring the pilot to line up with the runway at the correct airport. With the pilot established on about an 8-mile final approach for the civilian airport, the approach controller switched the pilot over to the tower controller, confident the pilot could navigate those last 8 miles straight into the runway on his own. Unfortunately, the runway for the incorrect military airport was also straight ahead, only it was 4 miles closer. The pilot in this situation visually locked onto the military airport simply because it was closer. Meanwhile, the tower controller at the civilian airport, the correct airport, had cleared the pilot to land. Both the approach controller and the tower controller assumed the pilot had a firm handle on the situation. Neither controller warned the pilot about the proximity and alignment of the runways at the two different airports because, and this is very important, ATC expects pilots to take responsibility for orienting themselves to the local area in visual conditions. In the second situation, the pilot, 
coaxed by a too talkative passenger, makes a turn away from the intercept heading given to him by ATC. He ends up disregarding the setup and makes a bid for the wrong airport. The tower controller at the correct airport assumed the pilot would not do something this out of the ordinary and so gave the pilot clearance to land. The question all this raises is, why would a tower controller give each pilot a clearance to land without first visually spotting the airplane and watch it track towards the correct runway? Understand that tower controllers give pilots clearances to land all the time without actually seeing the airplane in question. On IFR days, for example, where the weather may create a situation in which a pilot can descend as low as 200 feet above the ground and one half mile from the runway before breaking out of the clouds and fog, tower controllers routinely clear pilots to land without seeing the airplane until the last few seconds before the airplane breaks out of the weather and lands. So, clearing an airplane to land without first seeing that airplane is not all that unusual. Most airport towers have a radar display in the tower cab that allow the controllers in the tower to track the progress of inbound aircraft, whether the tower controllers can see that airplane visually or not. With some exceptions, these radar repeater displays are there simply for situational awareness. They are not there, so tower controllers can use them to control air traffic via radar, although there are some towers that are authorized to do air traffic control via radar. It's the exception rather than the rule. So if a pilot makes a sudden bid for the wrong airport, the situation may not be immediately apparent on radar. In summary, what I'm saying to you is this. The written record shows that ATC may not necessarily save you from yourself if you decide to land at the wrong airport. With all this in mind, in case you ever decide you would like to experience the thrill of landing at the wrong airport, here are my 12 tips on how to do it. One, by all means, pick an airport you have never flown into before. While in one of the examples I read to you today, the pilot had landed at the civilian airport next to the military airport before, you will increase your own chances of landing in the wrong place if it is your first time landing there. Number two, pick an area where two airports are separated by less than 10 miles and the runways at both airports are aligned within 20 degrees of each other or less. 3. Although not always possible, try to plan your arrival for a time when the sun is setting or rising or when the in-flight visibility is poor. 4. Do not, I repeat, do not do any advanced study of the airport layout or the orientation of one airport in relationship to the other. Do not do any map study to consider where roads, buildings, or other prominent landmarks sit relative to your destination airport. Do not try to visualize what the lay of the land will look like given your general direction of approach into the area. Make your entire arrival and approach to the airport a complete surprise. 5. Similar to the fourth tip, do not think ahead. Be completely reactive to what you see through the front windscreen of your cockpit. 6. If, as you approach your destination, you feel rushed or disoriented, by all means, press on. 
Do nothing to give yourself extra time to get caught up, such as breaking off your arrival and circling in an area away from the general flow of air traffic. The more rushed you feel, the better your chances of becoming disoriented, which is key to landing at the wrong airport. 7. If there are nav aids, such as Vortex or NDBs in the area, do not tune those in and use them to help you stay oriented relative to your intended destination. For example, if the correct airport sits underneath the 330 degree radial for 15 DME using a local Vortac, do not tune that Vortac into your navigation radio. 8. If your airplane has advanced navigation equipment on board such as GPS, an inertial reference system, or a moving map display, ignore all of that information. If your instrument's panel's moving map display cannot be turned off, keep the display set to a scale large enough so all of the airports in the area are packed together tightly on the display, making one nearly indistinguishable from the other. 9. If the runway you intend to land on has an ILS system, do not tune that in to help you verify you have lined up on the correct runway. A centered needle on your localizer indicator provides valuable information you do not want. It really wouldn't help much anyways if there are two runways at two different airports exactly aligned with each other. And since two different runways exactly aligned with each other applies probably to only a handful of airports in the United States, simply ignore localizer information at all airports. 10. Distract yourself as much as possible during the arrival phase. Conversations with passengers about non-flight related information is one great idea. 11. If something does not feel right, by all means, ignore that feeling and press on. For example, even though ATC sets you up perfectly for an unrushed, normal final approach, visually lock onto the first runway you see and go for it, even if it means making a sharp turn off course or diving down to lose altitude. If the runway ahead does not match up with what you expected, for example, the orientation of the runway looks off, or the pavement is different than you expected, or the runway lighting seems wrong, or the taxiway layout seems wrong, or the airport hangars and buildings are not where they're supposed to be, ignore all of that too. Finally, number 12, my most important tip. If you are working with ATC during your arrival, and a question comes up about which airport is the correct airport, by all means, do not ask ATC for help. There you have it, my friend. The perfect formula for landing at the wrong airport. I know that was a lot of information, so I'll post my 12 tips in the show notes where you can reference it again. If you have any questions about this magic formula, write to me at jeff at atccommunication.com. I love hearing from you, and as you can see, most of these Radar Contact shows are built upon questions I get from email from listeners. So by all means, let me know what's on your mind. And now, let's get to your question of the week. You have just accidentally landed at the wrong airport. And the airport where you have landed is a controlled airport. In a telephone conversation after the incident, the tower supervisor tells you that he will be filing a report with the FAA. You decide to file your own report on the incident using NASA's Aviation Safety and Reporting System. Here's your question. 
How may your report to NASA influence the FAA's decision to impose a civil penalty or a suspension of your pilot's license as a result of this incident? When you think you know the answer to that question, go to atccommunication.com forward slash answers. There you'll find a complete answer to this week's question, along with a complete explanation of how that answer was derived. Music for this show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Well, if you're flying this week, I hope you have a great time in beautiful weather, and if you're flying into an airport for the first time, do consider everything we discussed today. Thorough flight planning, thinking ahead of the current situation, and thoroughly evaluating what you see out of the cockpit windscreen and a commitment to operate your aircraft at a manageable pace will keep you out of the newspaper headlines. I'm Jeff Canarish for ATCCommunication.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.